You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Amen. I think everybody can hear us now. I think they heard the singing. Yes. Awesome. Again, I want to welcome the West Side Church and the West Side community to our, our worship service by house churches. We're here with the Screenland Ministry, uh, having a, a great time together, and we look forward to um, partnering with all the f- family groups in the West Side. Um, we are very grateful to be here. This will not be a permanent thing, hopefully. We trust that uh, uh, God will move and some great things will happen, but for as long as we need to, we'll meet uh, by family groups, and I pray this uh, God uses in a powerful way. Uh, let's begin with the word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the privilege of knowing you, caring about you, and understanding that you are sovereign over all things. And Father, we know all over the world, uh, people are wondering what's, what's happening and there is some fear, uh, there is some deep concern, but we trust you and we know that uh, you are working. We do pray for our worship service this morning here on the west side that uh, you will bless our time together. You will bless those that are in their household. Some are, are, are by themselves watching online. Some are in small groups gathered up. Uh, we just pray that uh, your Holy Spirit will unify and bond all of us this morning. And we do pray for your blessing on our entire world, uh, that you would guide us and that you would draw uh, men and women toward you. We thank you for this morning and this opportunity. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So everyone I'm sure is aware of why we are doing this. We are wanting to comply with the uh, California Department of Health and their recommendation, as well as the mayor of Los Angeles has asked for us to um, not meet in groups larger than 50 on a regular basis. And if you haven't read any material on this, this is designed, although the um, the, the virus uh, throughout the globe is spreading, um, right now the idea is that by having social distancing, it reduces the number of people that might get infected with it, and it, it does something called leveling the curve, which is uh, uh, considered the main way that we can uh, maintain health within our community, uh, slowing down the medical uh, needs that arise, and giving our uh, medical facilities opportunity to handle all the needs that do arise in the coming months. So I really want to appreciate everybody that's following that direction. We as a church need to be a light to the world, uh, as well as we need to do what we can to um, really comply and, and do what is best. Uh, for the community. So uh, we have a little video here about how we want to interact as disciples. We like to hug. I know there's a lot of affection and a lot of uh, that kind of thing we like to do. We're going to change it for a while. And this is being done out of love. So we have a, a funny video to show you about the idea of how we ought to greet people or say goodbye to people and how we ought not to do it in the current climate. So I think this is from a, a church they filmed somewhere in the south. So they have a lot of cowboy, cowboy boots on. So let's turn that on.
one more thing. Okay, so I hope you, um, I hope you guys uh, kind of take that to heart. We do want to respect people that want to still gather in small groups, but respect boundaries and uh, respect the social distancing. And I think God will bless these kinds of decisions that we make. Amen. Uh, hopefully this will be a temporary thing, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, I don't know how long we'll be meeting like this. We're expecting at least for the next three weeks. It could go longer than that. It might go uh, quite some time. So I want to urge all our small groups to share the burden of hosting at the different houses. We will be live streaming every week. And our current plan is to live stream from different family groups. So, for instance, next week, uh, Todd is preaching the lesson, continuing our Exodus series. So we're thinking of live streaming from different groups so you get a, a little sense of what's going on throughout the West Side today. Again, we're with Screenland at the Lounsbury home. So uh, the the time together is going to be short. We're going to uh, show little videos. Uh, we might have occasional little testimony, uh, a short uh, sermon and lesson for us to all consider that leads into communion. So that will be the plan. At the end of today, after announcements and the sermon, uh, we'll end with communion you want to take um, uh, by family group. So at this time, I do want to give you guys some updates on the, the events going on around the West Side from uh, my wife, Carrie, at this time. Amen. Well, it's great to be together. Um, obviously, live streaming, you don't have, um, you know, the perfect scenario. You heard our doorbell just ring. So anyhow, um, it's great to be together. Uh, some of the updates, unfortunately, many of our events have had to be canceled. So I'm just going to run through that really quickly. Uh, Feeding the Hungry, Father-Son, South Bay Laker game, Reality 2020, uh, Singles Black and Gold Party, Singles Catalyst event on April 18th, Pepperdine Bible Lectureships, all have been canceled. Uh, the Kingdom Kids Workshop that we have planned on March 22nd, we're trying to come up with a creative way to help live stream even that because obviously we're not sure on when uh, services will presume, but we want to make sure that we're prepared uh, for our children's ministry. Uh, youth camp and teen camp, uh, as of right now, registration is still open. Uh, it's still planned. Uh, I'm sure that will be fluid and we'll hear more information as it comes up. Easter and Passover, uh, we are planning to still have uh, the Seder. Uh, if it ends up being canceled, we will probably do it through live stream, and it'll be something really special. Um, and as far as the Orlando conference, um, as of now, it is still on. It, uh, it is pending, and I'm sure we'll hear more about that soon. And last but certainly not least, we had to postpone our Women's Wellness Day, our Soul Awakening Wellness 2020, 
And I know so many prayers, so much um, hard work went into preparing for that. And it's not for waste. We know that. Um, We know our labor is in love, and it's going to be amazing. God is going to still allow us to have it eventually in the fall. Uh, Be praying. We're working with the hotel to reschedule every Saturday in September. At this point, is booked. So it could potentially be the last Saturday in August or the very first Saturday of October. That is what I'm shooting for, and hopefully the hotel will be able to accommodate and make that happen for us so awesome i want to welcome up our screenland leader oscar he's got a a couple really good announcements for all of us hello everybody my name is oscar thank you steve um so today i get the privilege of sharing some really amazing good news um first is eli kevin and jose aguilar's mom was baptized about less than a month ago. So, Rosa Alba. Yep, Rosa Alba. Um, also, there's more. We have uh, Megan. She got baptized recently too. So, here's a video. Amazing, amazing. So, um, so that Rosa Alba's a mom, and so is Megan. And guess what? Today, my mother, who's an amazing sweetheart, you probably have seen her around in the fellowship, you know, always saying, my English is not very good, but she's always trying to fellowship with everyone. Um, you know, she's touched the hearts of so many people in San Diego, here in LA, and, you know, in different parts of California. She's amazing. Um, and she's getting baptized today. So we got three mamas, three mamas. In light of everything going on, we got some amazing news. God is working in our ministry. God is working in our church. So I'm just so grateful. I want to shout out to the El Mensaje group who's been studying Bible with her. Uh, really co-workers in Christ. It's, it's so, such a blessing to have my mom being baptized. I can't wait. So that's happening today at four. Um, if you're, if you want to join, it's at the end of Culver Boulevard. Uh, you guys know the usual spot. So, um, and with that, I have a little bit more. Okay, so uh, here's my phone. I have uh, the privilege of also uh, doing the reminders for offering. Um, let me share a scripture with you guys, and I'll give you a second to find it uh, if you want. Uh, Proverbs eleven twenty five. So I'll read. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So just a quick note here. Um, I feel that in this time, um, we, we ought to have a conviction of giving, not just financially, uh, as we have, no matter whether we're in a family group or in a large church setting, um, that conviction should still be in our hearts. Also to refresh others. You know, in this time, uh, we need refreshment. Uh, we need to be encouraging and help others, so give uh, to one another. Um, and, you know, our, our church community is still moving on. It still has its regular things no matter what. So uh, we do encourage you guys to give. And even though there's no trays being passed around, uh, there are ways to give. Um, 
virtually or electronically. So the first one is through the tidely.link. Um, that's a, an app. I think it's, there's a screen on right now for that. You can also do text to give. That's another option. And then, of course, you can go to the website church.com. Those are three options that you can do right now to give on a weekly basis. And uh, you, you should always be considering on, on a weekly basis how we can do that. Another thing, uh, another reminder is that our monthly hope offering um, is in two weeks. Uh, that is also another way of giving online. And we'll most likely be in a family group setting, so there's that. And then our missions offering has been moved a little bit to June 14th. So keep that in your minds for the future. Okay, That's all I got for you guys. Thank you, Steve. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, thank you, Oscar and Carrie. Um, obviously, what's going on throughout the world has been very challenging. And all of us have, I'm sure, been watching the news and just considering it. And in many ways, it's unprecedented. Uh, it's a challenge that many of us have not ever experienced. I know we've never seen this, and I'm probably one of the oldest uh, around, at least in this room. And clearly, um, we need to respond in the right way. And so the title of today's lesson is one for us to gain confidence, but also to have us asking ourselves some good questions. And the title is No Threat to Our Kingdom. That's the title of the sermon, No Threat to Our Kingdom. And the president, of course, has issued a uh, national state of emergency. Um, and today he asked that it be a national day of prayer. And so in line with that, I want to pray again uh, for the whole country uh, since our president has asked us to make this a day of prayer. So let's bow our heads again as we dig into the Bible and as we consider his message to us. God in heaven, thank you so much again for this time to gather. Uh, we do ask for your blessing on our country, but we know it's not only our country, it's all over the world. And we pray for safety, uh, we pray for wisdom, uh, we pray for peace, uh, we pray for a, a lot of love to shine uh, in the coming weeks, in the coming months, uh, and for us to learn the lessons that you have in store for all of us. Help us to not be afraid. Father, help us to know that uh, these kinds of challenges have happened for generations and those in your kingdom can weather them all and get stronger, more faithful, and blessings will come. Father, we ask for you to be with each one of us, each individual, uh, especially those that are sick, who are ailing, and that those that, that become sick. Be with the healthcare professionals. Father, be with all those in, in uh, leadership positions in the community, uh, the enormous stress that goes with that. And God, we just pray you'll bless us, uh, help us to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, fear and anxiety and even panic can easily overtake us. Uh, however, none of these are fruits of God's spirit. Every God-fearing individual really needs to resist the uh, challenges that come with fear, uh, anxiety, edginess, or even panic. You don't want that to overtake you. Um, you know, since the beginning of time, we've seen these challenges uh, in the church. And since the beginning of time, God's people have faced these challenges. But ultimately... The spirit of a Christian needs to be one that handles things with faith and with a sense of peace. Uh, our foundation uh, is not ourselves. Our foundation is not our money. Uh, it's not our nation. Our foundation uh, has always been God Almighty, you know, the Alpha and Omega, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
he is our foundation and our refuge. Amen. Amen. Um, I have a question for each of you today. The question that I have is, which kingdom do you live in? Which kingdom do you live in? There has always been two kingdoms. There are two choices. There's the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. There's the kingdom of the world or the kingdom of God. There's the kingdom of fear or a kingdom of faith. Today, as we think about how we've been doing, which kingdom gets our allegiance? If it is God's kingdom, then there is no threat to your kingdom. You are secure. The kingdom of the world trades in fear, anxiety, selfishness, panic. And yet the kingdom of the spirit is filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Which kingdom defines your spirit this past week? And I have to confess, uh, as the leader of the church has been challenging, there's been a lot of uh, information that's had to go out. I know our, our community leaders have felt a lot of challenges. But we need to ask ourselves, which kingdom do we give our allegiance to? And we've been studying the book of Exodus. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to the book of Exodus... We're going to look at a few things there, and we've been studying through that. Um, and these two kingdoms are symbolized by the nation of Israel and Egypt. And we remember in the plagues study that we were taught by uh, Todd and Ken that the plagues were designed to clarify who is the real God. Uh, remember, every plague against Egypt represented a dethroning of a false god of Egypt. There were two kingdoms in that day, and there are two kingdoms in our day. In Exodus chapter 8, verse 23, we find that God says, I will make a distinction between my people and your people. God has always seen things in distinct terms. Uh, there is the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And we read also... Regarding the ninth plague in the book of Exodus, it's in Exodus chapter 10. Uh, this, of course, was each of the plagues was an affront to the Egyptian gods. And the most, most popular god was Ra, the sun god. And so the ninth plague before the death angel came in the tenth plague was the plague of darkness. And we read in Exodus chapter 10, verse 21. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven. So that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness that can be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven and there was dense darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. People could not see one another and for three days they could not move from where they were. But all the Israelites had light where they lived. So you see that. This kind of experience has happened where they've been stuck. This, this is more of a physical reality for them because of the plague of darkness. But I think it's also a foreshadowing of God's spiritual lesson that there are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And I don't know about you, but the last few days I have felt a little bit of the darkness and some of the challenge and anxiety. And I got to confess to everyone, I gave in a little bit to the uh, the toilet paper uh, panic. And I was like, I'm heading out. I'm going out to the store. I'm getting more, honey. 
She's like, we have one roll, one big roll from Costco. I said, okay, will that be enough? Somebody had told me that apparently all our toilet paper gets made in China. I later found out we make 90% of our own here in America. And uh, we're, we're going to be fine, all right? But there has been challenges. I think, I'm sure all of you have felt that with school cancellations on the universities. And, and I know LA Unified School District, and we have many teachers amongst us. And uh, Culver City School District has uh, canceled uh, for the foreseeable future. And so there's many challenges. For me, when I, I got wind of the MBA postponing, I was, you know, my son called me and we were both like shocked. You know, that, that was... You know, that woke us up a little more. And I think for a lot of people, seeing the reality of what we're going through, although I am proud of our country now because we're making the decisions we need to make to take care of one another, to be healthy. And this is just for a limited time. Uh, It's being done because we're uh, facing a challenge head on. Uh, I think we're going to learn a lot from it. And I'm proud of what we're doing uh, as as a culture. We do not want fear to dictate um, what we do. Uh, people have faced plagues many times in the past. Uh, interestingly, if you read Exodus, there's like five or six situations where the people face this. Uh, in our day, I am not promising Westside or uh, any Christians that by following everything and trusting God, and it doesn't matter how great a Christian you are, there's really no guarantee that that alone will remove us from some of us getting the virus. Because God allows us to experience what everyone else experiences. It's how we handle that circumstance that dictates which kingdom you have an allegiance to. Right? Which kingdom do you live in? The kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light? There will always be challenges, but the kingdom you live in will determine whether the current challenges are a threat or an opportunity. And I believe this is a fantastic opportunity uh, as a West Side congregation, uh, as churches all over the world, to unify within our small groups, to be great uh, shepherds of one another, taking care of one another, uh, being filled with love and compassion for one another. And I want to look at a little example of the challenge that the Israelites faced. And as we've been going through the book of Exodus, they were brought out from the Red Sea, they entered into the desert, and they had challenges of not having food, of not having water, and God provided. But then they ended up in a place where they had another great battle that took place. And the way I look at this battle is it's somewhat to the, similar to the battle we're facing. And this is a physical battle, but we're all facing a spiritual battle. So let's look at Exodus chapter 17. I do not have this on the screen, so I want you to scroll down in your phone or scroll or turn your Bible or whatever you need to do, look off whoever's sitting next to you. And let's look at Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. We want to learn a few lessons from the Israelites who are really symbolic of us as a, as a spiritual kingdom and the Amalekites who come against them. So let's look here in Exodus 17, verse 8. It says, The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. 
When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it the Lord is my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. So the Israelites ended up in a place called Rephidim. Rephidim is known as, the word means a resting place. And they had gone through some trials in the wilderness. And they arrived in this place where they thought they would find water and rest. Now there wasn't water until Moses struck the rock. But it was, you know, most historians think this is a very uh, beautiful, lush area. Uh, highly valued in the part, lower part of a valley. And it was a desirable location that the Amalekites didn't want the Israelites to take. And so what we find is the Amalekites are sort of like the kingdom of darkness, right? Their allegiance is to the kingdom of darkness, and they are fighting for physical comfort, right? So they go to war against Israel uh, out of fear, but also, hey, we don't want you to take our spot in the valley. And we learn this lesson that if your allegiance is to the kingdom of darkness, you simply fight for physical comfort, But if your allegiance is in the kingdom of light, you fight for eternal life. See, suffering and death does not bother us because Jesus led the way. We live by faith in a resurrection and in the life to come. The kingdom of light gives us faith, hope, and love. And we are not crushed. We're not in despair. We're not abandoned. We're not destroyed. And as 2 Corinthians 4 says, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You see, the Amalekites are like the worldly temptations of our day. And this current circumstance makes us a little anxious, right? It puts fear in our heart. But what you got to realize is the actual medical and virus issues are not the enemy. They're just the circumstance. The real enemies are the spiritual forces of darkness. And the circumstances give us an opportunity to overcome. The circumstances highlight and clarify what really counts. And God uses these to strengthen the kingdom of light, which is, in fact, the church, which is the family of God. Death does not end our life in God's kingdom. It enhances it. Thank you. Um, So today, which kingdom do you live in? They went to fight for their location. Are we concerned more about that or are we concerned more about the opportunities that God's giving us spiritually in our life? Now, interestingly, we do see that you sent, Moses sent Joshua down actually into the valley to, to practically fight the battle. But then what happened was three of them went up on the hill, Moses, Aaron, and Hur. 
They, so how do we as Christians handle these circumstances? Does it mean all we do all day long is pray? No, we, we do need to pray a lot. Okay, and we're going to cover that in a moment here. However, we do need to handle things in a practical basis, right? There's no question that they divided and conquered. We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So, again, we're going to follow all the admission of the medical community. Uh, we're, we're going to be great examples of those that are generous and kind. We're not going to hoard our stuff and not give it to other people, right? We're, we're going to be educated and not naive. We're going to be sacrificial and not selfish. We're going to be faithful and not fearful while following through with what we need to do to practically help those in the fellowship, also in the community. Amen? Amen. The other thing we find as you look at this example is that Moses, Aaron, and her go up on the mountain and they're going to pray, right? He's holding his hands up, the text says. And he's holding the staff up, the staff of God that did the miracles. And in the scriptures, we find multiple times that scriptures say, lift holy hands in prayer to God. So right now, I want everyone to lift your hands up, wherever you're at, lift your hands up. Because the Bible says to lift your hands up. Moses, Aaron, and Hur lifted their hands. And we're going to pray again. This is our third prayer, because I want to set an example for us that we need to be praying. Let's pray again that God works. Father in heaven, thank you so much. We trust you. We believe in you. We know that you are working. We want to be a part of the kingdom of light. Father, the kingdom of love, not fear. Father, we want to be a part uh, of a kingdom of prayer and not a kingdom of despair. And Father, I pray that you will open doors we've never seen before. Uh, Help more and more people find a deep relationship with you. Help us demonstrate the love we need to demonstrate as disciples of Jesus. We thank you. We trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, we do see that prayer was an important part of Israel winning the battle. And here's the thing, guys. Prayer we can do a lot of. And I want to call on us to do more and more. But, you know, in Lebanon, we recently received a letter from our brother, Mufid, who leads the church there. And... Lebanon, I don't know if you know the history or what's gone on. They have had an enormous amount of turmoil over in this church. And, of course, we as a congregation support the Middle East. On June 14th, we'll be giving a a missions contribution for the different mission fields that we cover. And on June uh, 14th, we'll give this offering. But I want to make a special plea to us to be in prayer for our church in Lebanon as they had an economic collapse before any of this ever happened. So months ago, their banks shut down, their, their schools shut down, and their medical establishment is not able to handle this easily. So I want to have Kerry read a, a letter from Mufid that he sent me yesterday. Dear brothers, I write today requesting fervent prayers for Lebanon's situation. Since last October 2019, our country was struck by a severe revolution that paralyzed the nation with its businesses. A shocking breakdown of our bank system followed, and an inflation of the currency resulted in the bankruptcy of many companies. Thousands of people lost their jobs, including disciples. Then the coronavirus hit the world and reached our unprepared country in no time and spread quickly. With our poor health system, the government declared an emergency situation, and a campaign was issued forcing everyone to stay at home because if the rates increase, We'll have many human losses, for our hospitals are not equipped to overcome this epidemic. Wisdom required that we stop all church activities and meetings, including the Sunday worship meeting, 
from March 15th until Saturday, March 21st. We decided to abide by the decisions of our officials because solidarity is our only method to eliminate the spread of coronavirus. However, the disciples became proactive and started using social media to spread encouraging messages to the community and to meet online for lessons, meetings, and studies. Also, every night at 9 p.m., members are uniting in prayer from their homes. Mm-hmm. 19 days ago, we started the Daniel Fast for 21 days, requesting God's intervention and miracles to the world mm-hmm. and our country specifically. Mm-hmm. Fasting and fervent prayers have helped our faith grow and our ideas to become more creative on social media. Mm-hmm. However, we request to be united with you, igniting our light in the world now more than ever, and in spreading the gospel of eternal healing. Also to pray that the disciples don't stumble in their faith and have the patience, receive protection and divine provision in this hard time. Although we know that all all things work for the good of those who love him. Romans 28, verse 8. God bless. Mufid. Amen. Let's keep our, our brothers and sisters in prayer. Like what we're going through, it's, it's, it's worse in many other places. Amen. So I want to challenge and call on and encourage all of our small groups to come up with a plan to fast and pray together. That each group uh, gathers, whether it's two by two or in the small group setting, and let's do some prayer. There's so many examples of a Daniel fast prayers like the Lebanon church is doing and all kinds of prayer chains that we can do, uh, mountaintop prayers. And let's not forget that we have the beach that we can go to, uh, which is safe. We can have social distance and we can have some amazing prayers uh, in our part of the world. Amen. The last thing I want to say to all of us is, my last point to us is, as we evaluate which kingdom we are in, and understand that there's no threat to the kingdom of God, ask yourself, are you in a kingdom family or a kingdom of fools? A kingdom family or a kingdom of fools? Because the world, it's a kingdom of fools, and it's because things get selfish. And we read in the text, we saw there, that as Moses stood... He began to get tired. As an 80-year-old, he was getting tired. And he sat down. And he sat down on a rock that was provided for him. They supported him. Aaron and her found a solution to the need. And I want to call on us to find a solution to one another's needs. And I want us to realize that you know we don't have to fear. Our communities will band together. But how much more so should we as disciples band together? I know some of us actually did stockpile some toilet paper, and uh, I think we're going to be fine, like I said, but I want you to know whatever I have, we'll share, okay? And we will share with one another. It needs to be a comfort that as disciples, we will share with one another. They lifted up his hands, one on right, on the right side, one on the left, and they held his hands up so he could stay in prayer spiritually, so he could stay spiritual. I want to call on us. We are a family. As disciples of Jesus, we are in the kingdom family, not a kingdom of fools who live in selfish ways. And we have people we can rely on. And I want to call all of us to step up and serve. Uh, for those that are in the high-risk category as a church, let's check on one another. Let's make those phone calls. Let's meet those needs. And I want to share a great example. I hope they're watching as Robert and Lucille Cooper 
Several weeks ago, I preached to all the men, hey, we're in the time of just do it. If you want to serve, just do it. Uh, I think I preached that uh, several times at the whole church. Serve people. You don't need the approval of the leadership to serve and meet needs. And so Lucille and Robert set up uh, and took initiative to do a dating couple devotional to strengthen and ask questions for all those in our fellowship who are dating couples. And that's a complex uh, thing to navigate as as an individual and as couples. And so they gathered them all together and I heard rave reviews about it. And I really am grateful for that. And let me say this, you know, uh, even during the social distancing thing, um, we can go on dates. Husbands and wives, you can take your wife on a date. You don't have to go to a large crowd. You know, uh, dating couples, you can go on dates. Singles, campus, we can encourage one another. Let me say that really dating is more encouragement. It's not always about finding a mate, singles or campus. It's about encouragement and brotherhood and sisterhood and friendship and enjoying that. And we can do that over the coming weeks. Let's not be alone. Let's give to one another because we are a kingdom family. Let's remember Acts 2.42 or verse 42 all the way through the end of that section. And I want to read verse 44 where he says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. Well, we're not together physically, but we certainly are through technology and spiritually, through phone calls, through texting. We're in a generation where we can be unified. Let's use that creativity and technology to be unified. And then the scripture also says they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And I don't believe in the church that that happens all the time. But in crisis, we need to be willing to do that for each other. When there's a need, we need to meet one one another's needs. We are together in heart, in mind, and in purpose. And we together will make a tremendous difference in our community. And we'll make a difference in one another's lives because we are part of a kingdom family, not a kingdom of fools. As we close out before we take communion, I want you to consider, you know, where is your allegiance? What kingdom are you in? We need to be in the kingdom of light, not darkness. A kingdom of faith, not fear. A kingdom of prayer, not despair. A kingdom family, not a kingdom of fools. The cross opens the door for all of us to this kingdom. And now more than ever, we need to rely on that, trust that, and ask ourselves, how are we responding to the circumstance? It's an opportunity. It's no threat to those of us in the kingdom of God. Amen? This is going to conclude our live broadcast. And what we really want to encourage all the family groups to do is have a prayer for communion and then have some discussion uh, amongst one another, how we're doing, what things from the lesson uh, really impacted you and how we can move forward to make a great uh, impact in our community. We thank you and we conclude at this time. Thanks. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.